I'm Kendall Ratliff. I believe that you can change your life by trying one thing at a time. You can learn more at my website, tryonething.co, or by tuning in to the Help NSFW podcast. And I'm Johnny Fairplay, reality TV, well, uh, survivor. And throughout my adventures, I've met a lot of interesting and motivating characters. Johnny and I made this podcast because we want you to unlock your full fucking potential. So whether you want to get a little more badass or a lot more badass, strap in. Join us here each week. It's Help NSFW. Hello, we are joined, of course, I'm Johnny Fairplay, that's Kendall Ratliff, but, oh my god, I have Survivor Royalty, the Majestic, (laughs) Purple Pants icon himself, Bryce Isaiah, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me, I'm so excited to be here. So this is a little different than my normal brand. (laughs) Yes. uh, But uh, I'm, uh, you know what, let me switch to this one. There oh, we go. Yeah, I can yeah. see myself. We're both here now. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to switch the camera to you if I had to choose between one of us. Oh, so nice. I'm trying to get viewers here. <laughs> so, I, I would choose that angle too. So smart. So, uh, Bryce, we have you here for a, a multitude of reasons because you, you, you check a lot of boxes. I don't oh. know if you're aware. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, Kendall, start us off. Where, what direction are you going to take us to begin with? Well, I am. Um, so probably anyone who's already listened to us knows that Johnny is bringing the reality knowledge and I am, I'm not, I never watch reality TV. Um, so luckily Johnny picks guests that have a lot of other cool stuff going on in their lives. So I love what you are about with diversity, inclusion, trying to diversify reality TV and that you're a social worker and that you're using your platform as a queer black man to make the change you want to see in the world. So that's the shit I'm interested in. But I know people like reality TV, so that's fine, too. I, I, I mean, Bryce has done so many reality television interviews that if you need that intel, mm. it's out there. Plus, go to the Purple Pants podcast. He talks reality every week. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how did you make the switch? What came first, actually? Reality TV or being a social worker? Um, so my background's in education. So I started out uh, being a school teacher at a charter school in Philadelphia. And while I was literally my first year out, I was bringing in shoes for kids. I was bringing in lunches for kids. And I really just felt like my personality was too big to be kind of like wrapped up in mm. a classroom. And I like had called my mom and I was like, you know, what? I think I want to make a change. Uh, I'm going to give a year of social work. Um, and so I started working for a child welfare agency and I quickly just really loved being able to be in the community and really affect change in lives. Mm. I had gotten a lot of cases that were historically, we'll never be able to close these cases, we'll be in these people's lives forever. Mm -hmm. And here I am two months into the case and I'm closing it. Um, And just really being my authentic self, showing up as a black queer man, they were able to relate to me. I'm not coming in here telling you what you need to do. I'm like, let's work together so that we can get out of here so you guys can go on with your lives. And so I really kind of just felt my niche in social work and people are able to relate to me. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I show up as my authentic true self in any space that I'm in and people are able to like, they recognize that, they see that and they they get something out of it. So I I, I really do enjoy social work. Do you think Survivor opened the door for you and, you know, like kind of made it a little easier to do this versus not having that, you know, national platform to to kind of put yourself out there first? 
So Survivor somewhat hindered me um, in the sense that when I came back from Survivor, um, they took me off of like cases because they were like worried for just, they're like, oh, you're on a national television. I'm like, I was the third out. Ain't don't nobody know who I am. We're good <laughs> on that aspect. Uh, but yeah, so I was actually taken off of like going into the community for a while. And so they, they saw the episode and they was like, oh, okay, you go back in the community. Don't nobody know who you are. <laughs> that's, but that's not true. I mean, like for, I, I think in the, history of survivor for a third boot you got to be one of the most most famous ever i mean I, I i'll take that title from the one of the legends himself so yeah i uh i i but i think that that's a testament johnny to just my authenticness uh i could have got off and just been bitter uh instead mm -hmm. i got off and i felt like i'm just a super fan with like special access is really how i look at it uh mm -hmm. because I, I i still love the show i still love to give my critiques i still love to go on twitter like i can't believe he would do that and people always <laughs> humble me like you were third out shut up so <laughs> <laughs> well they didn't make the show it's okay you're allowed to <laughs> So with your authenticity, do you feel like that opens doors, even when you're working with people who aren't gay, who aren't black, um, who aren't men? Do, do you think your authenticity gives people permission, even if they don't share all of the same Absolutely. I think that me showing up as myself, uh, people recognize that I'm a queer black man and I am a minority in the minority. And mm -hmm. the fact of my outlook is still so positive. My outlook is still like we can accomplish anything if we put our minds to it. Mm -hmm. I think that that really opens up a lot of the doors for people. Um, I also spent time working at a psychiatric hospital. Um, okay. I, I worked there for eight years and we managed the suicide hotline. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, at first, I did not like it in the sense because we're still managing a crisis center and people are coming in. And then we've got this phone call that we've got to stay on. Uh, but soon it really became my passion uh, working on the suicide hotline because I would uh, I would talk to them like they're my friends. And I remember mm -hmm. there was this one person that called in with like suicide ideation and they were just saying some things and I was talking to them like, well, what's the issue? Like, let's make a plan. And my supervisor tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Bryce, you can't have personal conversations while you're at work. And I'm like, um, I'm on the suicide hotline. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were just so not used to my approach. And my approach isn't like, oh, let me baby you. What do you need? Like, I'm going to talk to you like you were one of my friends. And I realized yeah. that a lot of the, the people that were calling in to the suicide hotline, they didn't have a network. They didn't have someone where that would listen to them. They didn't have someone that would yell at them. They didn't have someone that would cry mm -hmm. with them. And I like, you know, became they, their purple pants friend. And I would listen, um, mm -hmm. not judging, but I would also give my opinion and, and say like, hey, I don't know whether or not if this is actually something that you need to be considering or have you tried this or have you done this? And I would really give like call to action to them. And I was really successful on the suicide hotline. And it really started out something I did not like. And then I really grasped to it because again my authenticity like i'm not just going to be like oh my god do we need to call the police i'm just like no what's the problem okay i understand you're upset but like what is causing that upsetness like what triggered that and let's kind of work through that and so I, i've been successful in that again just being myself and just listening and i love what you're saying about it sounds like you're helping people dig to the bottom and you're not coming at it with well here's what you need to do it sounds like you're asking questions and i right. think people that come to the helping professions, there can sometimes be an attitude of, I'm going to show up and tell them what to do and fix them. Right. I think people reject that. 
Absolutely, because it's like, you don't know me. Uh, You're spending 30 seconds on the phone with me. How can you like diagnose and treat me? Like, no, I honestly would listen and just give my advice and say like, I personally, I can understand where you're Mm -hmm. coming from. And I always try to lead with a strength-based approach. So it's more, you know, positive. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about what is positive going on in your life. You're breathing, you know, you're calling the suicide hotline prevention. So that means you have some sort of income because your phone is still on. Like, you know, let's talk about the positive things before we dig into the negative. Yeah. And I could see that helping so much in social work. Um, You not coming in with a deficit mindset or a, I'm, I think it's very easy to, when you come in with solutions without listening to make it sound like you're blaming the person and poverty and, so much of it is systemic mm. that to come in with just like, well, here's how we can help you try harder. Well, fuck off. Right. You don't know the environment that yeah. is surrounding me. And reading from a checklist. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just like, oh, do you feel like, <laughs> like, right. like you need to do this? It's just like, you don't know they need to do that, motherfucker. <laughs> Absolutely. And historically, like social work is a predominantly like white female driven field. Ooh. And so they are in urban areas where, I, again, I had a case where my supervisor gave it to me they're like yeah the police has to go out with the social worker every time they go out um and so i was like okay i'll go out and they're like you don't want the police i'm like uh i can run so if anything happens i'll run and you I, know, i've seen you run bryce <laughs> i don't <laughs> johnny when, when wendell has outed your running abilities <laughs> listen that was a, a one-time thing that hasn't happened before but you know i went to the home and i was greeted by this father who was upset and he was yelling and, you know, okay, you're allowed to yell. And mm. a lot of times people take yelling as aggression. And for me, when I go into any home, I, I treat them like they're my family. And I think mm-hmm. when I, coming from that approach, if a random stranger is yelling at you, you're going to be like, what the hell? But if like your uncle Johnny Fairplay is yelling at you, right. you're like, well, well, what's wrong? And so, you know, just literally listening to him. And then, you know, I was like, I'm with the new caseworker. And he was explaining to me how, the previous social worker would only do the meetings on the porch and like, you know, go over goals. And he's just like, I don't want my neighbors knowing about this and all of this stuff. And so I'm like, well, if I can come right. And if I can come in and we can talk and, and ever, and, and that respect and that, like, you know, I'm not scared of you. I hear you yelling. I understand that you can yell. And, uh, I was able Mm -hmm. to kind of sort of work through. And again, just showing up as my authentic self, listening, hearing what he had to say. And some of the things, and a lot of the things that he had to say was so valid, but I think that, again, like you said, when you come in from this, I'm the expert, you right. don't know anything, that's very like belittling of people. And in the field that I work in, nine times out of 10, the families have the answer. Uh, I look at it as like, I'm coming along to help mm-hmm. you I help you identify the answers. Right. And, and I will always say to them like, tell me and I will report back to the court. Like, you know, I, I'm just the, the liaison, I'm just the mouthpiece. And so right. the better our working relationship is, the better that I can see you showing capacities that you can care for your children, the better I mm-hmm. can get out. Like, I don't wanna be here. I don't wanna come to your house. Like, let me not come to your house. Right. And so, you know, working <laughs> from, from that aspect was, I, I really got positive results. Absolutely. and. You being able to hold people's anger and their volume. Were you an elementary school teacher? I was. So important. My um, my two best friends are elementary school teachers, often in like Title One, Tier One schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always they they get really good outcomes with their students, and they start with relationships. And they do not. They are white women, 
Um, again, education, like social work, really white women dominated, but they, they don't shame and get flustered by kids anger. They're just like, yep. Okay. And it just makes so much sense to approach it that way. Cause especially like those kids stories. Yeah. I'd, I'd be an angry eight year old. Right. Right. And eight year olds aren't like, you know, they don't just come out being angry. You know, I, I, I think about like what must be behind that anger. What are you going through every day? What are exactly. what are your struggles? And you know, coming in from like empathy, you know, and, and just showing empathy and showing them that like you understand and that you're listening really goes a long way. I think that in this field, we're titled as experts. We've got these right. numbers and letters behind our names, and we think that you know I'm thousands of dollars in debt, so I could come here and tell you what is the best <laughs> for you. But like, no, I'm so smart. I got thousands of right. dollars in debt. Yeah. <laughs> So not no, you're the doctorate. You're the master of your life. And I, I want to help you unlock your your gifts and your potentials. To, again, get me out of here. I don't want to come here every week. Hey. Like, again. And I, I always try to lead with that. Like, you think I want to wake up 7 o'clock in the morning to come to your house and have you yell at me? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'd so rather much. be home watching Survivor. So, like, let <laughs> help me help you. Right. I love it. I love it. So, and, and, and a lot of things like, uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of the problems, you know, aren't with the eight-year-old it's, it's with the, the eight-year-old surroundings and, and what's going on around them. I mean, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I've dated a few school teachers. I've, I've dated a lot of people, <laughs> but, uh, but, I've, but I've, I've had, I've had some school teachers and I remember, uh, one year, uh, a school teacher I was dating, she, uh, she was teaching third grade and there was, uh, one, uh, female student in third grade mm. that was it, by all accounts of other teachers, a nightmare. I mean, like, uh, she, uh, uh, she took another kid into the bathroom and forced her hand down that, that, mm. that, that other girl's pants. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's rape, you know, at, at, at a third grade level and, yeah. and learned behavior. What exactly, you know, like you, you have other teachers going, you know, you know, this kid's a nightmare. It's just like, no, this kid's surroundings are a nightmare. Cause that, yeah. that kid didn't, didn't go, you know what I'm thinking would be a good idea to do right now. No, that kid's going, you know what happened to me last night. Right. So, and it's just scary. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I see, you know, so many labels and, and, and things thrown on people, you know, without the the understanding and, and empathy of, of, of the causation. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I saw a quote that really stuck with me when I'm around children. Um, behavior is communication. Mm. And I mean, you know, we all have bad days where we're just like acting like a piece of shit just because we are. But Honestly, <laughs> a lot of times. Am I, am I supposed to embrace that statement? Because I am. <laughs> wow, what is that communicating about? You <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I always say that uh, like that for me goes not even for children, for adults. And I I always say like undealt with trauma manifests mm-hmm. its way in people's lives in so many different ways, aspects, so um, and people don't even know. And I'm really big on like checking in with myself. I'm really good at like you know before I go to sleep, I like will reflect on the day, and I'm like, could I have handled that better? Could I like you know why is Johnny Fairplay always so triggering to me? Why? when I see him am I like getting like you know and then Mm -hmm. when you reflect you can be like wow he reminds me of my grandfather who was not 
nice to me, you know, and th- there's just so many things that people just don't understand. And um, that if they just checked in with themselves or like, you know, I'm, I'm such a big proponent of like mental health and like, you know, therapy. And um, a lot of the times people label therapy like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And for me, necessarily, I don't think that even going meeting with uh, a therapist is the only form of therapy. Like I'm a runner. And when I mm-hmm. run, it clears my mind. Like I I can't explain it, but like when I run, like all of the thoughts in my mind, they're like in the air and I can Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, work through it, whether it's like going for a walk, whether it's like talking to your friend, whether it's journaling, whether it's listening to music, like some form of release where you're able to kind of like reflect on the things in your life, I think are like so great. Um, But yeah, I'm so huge on like checking in and like really like analyzing myself um, because I always say on my podcast, I'm on a road to a better Bryce. And it's a long road. I, I ran out of gas a couple of times. I had to push mm-hmm. the car, but mm-hmm. I'm still on that road mm-hmm. to just being a better version of myself. And I think that we all can kind of adapt that and really like work to like evolve and change really? and, and be better us. And I do not know how, I don't know how people get through the day and sleep at night without doing things like what you're talking about, checking in with themselves and and exercising. Um when I don't do that, I see it in my sleep. At my back, the only time I get like tweaks in my back is when I'm not taking care of my brain. It comes out through my spine. And I just wonder how many people are walking around just bearing, even if they don't have trauma, but they're just not processing the stress from their day. Like how are, how are they sleeping? How are right. they not having sciatica? That stuff, it comes out somewhere. I always say that, like, you know, the saying, like, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No, you you woke up not checking in with yourself. And that, like, really is, you know, key. There are so many things that bother us that we are just unaware of because it is, like, in our behavior. We just think that it's normal. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. not. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, the more we normalize checking in with ourselves, the more we normalize therapy, the more we normalize, like, you know, it's okay if your family is dysfunctional. Uh, the 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 way we normalize setting boundaries, I think that mm-hmm. that is also so key. A lot of people get triggered from family members, from friends, and you mm-hmm. know, from not setting appropriate boundaries. Like you know, it's okay to tell someone like, I don't want to talk to you today. It's okay not to answer your phone. Like you know, we do these things because we feel like we have to. We feel like it's like showing them love. We like no, but in order to show love, you have to know what love is and to know what love is you got to love yourself and if you don't love yourself how can you love anyone else setting boundaries is so hard and like you were saying with not you you can't really tell someone else what to do without asking and knowing about their situation do you have any hard and fast rules to help people set boundaries is or is it all so case by case it's also case by case, but I also say like, you got to like, again, checking in with yourself. If something does, if, if you get in an innate feeling that you're uncomfortable or your stomach is always mm-hmm. churning, listen to that. And again, I think we are in the society where it's like, oh, we got to be polite. Oh, we got to, you right. know how many times I hang up on the phone on Johnny when he get on my nerves? I, like, you know, like you have to really like know what makes you feel good and know what you don't like. And you, you have to give yourself permission to say, I'm going to put myself first. And I always tell people like, I I feel like I'm like the therapist in my friend groups. Like people always like call Mm -hmm. me and like, you know, and the reality is if someone does not make you feel good, why are they in your life? Yeah. I think it's an example of a lot of times your body knows something that your mind is pushing down or ignoring. And so the more we can get like, 
I've been in emotional intelligence classes where they'll say, you know, where do you feel anger? Like, or where do you feel embarrassment? And people feel it in different parts of their bodies because it is all individual. But once I started paying attention to strong emotions and like where it is in my my physical body, it it was like a shortcut to get more aware of what was happening in my mind. Like, oh, I've got that tightness in my chest and my throat feels small. I'm scared. Right. Yeah, it's it's the the your hormones and your body that they know, and a lot of the times we don't listen to it uh, because like the society norms, you know, tell us not to. They tell us to yeah. be like, oh, be nice, be friendly, and like you know, treat others how you want to be treated. But do you treat yourself how you want to be treated? And whether you want to call it white supremacy culture or capitalism. There is, I think, especially in the corporate world, just this huge value on, well, be a logical, calm-headed person. And it's right. bullshit. We're full <laughs> people. Absolutely. I I completely agree with that. And so, I, I again, I just think it's the importance of really knowing yourself, and which is why I always say, like, check in. Like, we think we know ourselves or we believe what we've told ourselves, but in actuality, we could be the exact opposite, um, mm-hmm. and which is why it's so good to have a core network of friends and, and family where you really could yeah. just be yourself and not have to, you know, in this world today, we've got to put on a face and, and be this person and be so... You, you look on social media, everybody's fucking happy. Nobody is that happy. Mm. Well, on Twitter, they're not happy. Well, but I, well that's, but I, true. that's true. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, if, you, if you need to find unhappy, just hang out on Twitter for a few minutes. You, you will find that unhappiness you're looking for. <laughs> but, and they're behind profiles without photos. Oh. They're not, not like, you know. Yeah. Keyboard cowards with, yes. with egg, egg, eggs as avatars. So, Johnny, yeah. what are your big feelings? How well, how well does Johnny know Johnny? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of with Bryce. Like, uh, I mean, I juggle like eight jobs and I, I feel, I feel, feel Bryce is, is the, the gay black version of Johnny Fairplay. I mean, like, like I'm a realtor. He's, he's a social worker. Like, you know, I do 20 podcasts a week. Bryce is doing 20 podcasts a week. You know, we're, we're attacking social media daily. Uh, you know, he's working with kids. I have two kids. Uh, and, and my, my release, I have to, I run three to 10 miles every day. I mean, like, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be in, uh, um, Louisville in a couple weeks, uh, for, for an appearance, I'm going to be running three miles that day because if I don't run three mm-hmm. miles that day, that's when it all catches. Like, you know, my, my, uh, my podcast host, Matt Bischoff, he's like, how do you do all these things you do? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I DJ, I, like I sell records, like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, it's, it's a, my life is a constant hustle. He's like, how is this? And I was just like that release, like that, that three miles, as, as Bryce says, you know, you see those things in the air and, 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 you know, you, you can, you can see this here and you can't, unless you take that second to look at yourself and look at, at and look at, you know, just kind of like meta stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that's for me. And, 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 and I, I'm, I'm always constantly trying to learn because like, you know, I, you know, I like Rob C is the smartest survivor never win. I feel like I'm up there too. But at the same time, there's plenty I don't know. And there's plenty of questions that I'm asking. And like, you know, like my uh, uh, I have uh, two kids. I have uh, Piper, who's 13 and Madeline, who's four. Well, uh, Piper, you know, a few months ago, she was like, Dad, can we put a pride flag in the front yard? And I said, sure. So if you go down my street, I live right outside of Danville, Providence, North Carolina. It's Trump flag, Trump flag, Trump flag, Trump flag, Trump flag. 
pride flag. Trump. <laughs> just like one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and then two days ago, Piper uh, Piper says, could I get a try? Uh, can I get a pride flag for my room? And I'm like, sure. But she chose a different pride flag. Mm. She chose the transgender mm-hmm. pride flag. So and, you know, I I am. I'm keeping my ear to the ground, seeing, you know, where it's so, but, you know, uh, 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 I don't think I'm talking out of turn here in which I, you know, Piper started seeing a psychologist, uh, 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 I think she just had her second session, uh, last, she's going every two weeks and, uh, she started, she had her second session, uh, yesterday and, you know, Piper's figuring out Piper. So I, I, I can tell you that her hero in, in all of life right now is Loki because Loki is non-binary. <laughs> so and and I'm thinking that that Piper is going to be a big fan of Evie going going into season 41 of Survivor. <laughs> yes. And I, I love that that story so much, Johnny. And I love the fact that like you're not putting any pressure on Piper and you're just allowing her to discover who she is. And, and I, I think that that is so important. Um, and again, I think representation is so important. Um, it helps children see things in a different way. And, and one of my biggest pet peeves is um how now in society they're saying, oh, it's the gay agenda. They're showing men kissing on cartoons. Why is Robin gay? Like, uh, I, and I, I had a conversation with one of my best friends, their husband, uh, when the, in the comic book where Robin, they're saying Robin is bisexual. And, you know, the husband was just like, I, 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 I just don't appreciate that. Like what, what is my kid thinking? And I, at first my reaction, I wanted to be like, Bish, what? Because, you know, and, and sometimes, and again, people are entitled to how they feel. And sometimes they they can't, they, they see a bigger thread and they think something. And I think when you can make it personal, um, it really affects them because I pulled my uh, best friend's husband to the side and I said, that comment that you made, it struck me because I'm a gay man. Mm-hmm. So what does that imply about my being in your child's life? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you're you. It, it, it. I'm like, well, it, that's the same thing. Like, And you have to be aware of those messages that you say out loud that your children can mm-hmm. hear. They internalize that. And they hear that, oh, Robin's bisexual. That's negative. And I'm like... I'm not telling you to change. I'm not, listen, I'm right. only just, you know, but I'm just saying like, you you have to watch how and what you say, because whether you believe it or not, your kids are sponges. Like they listen to everything. Right. They see everything. They can read your body language. They can see when something is negative and, and you are sending a very negative tone about sexuality. Right. Um, and so I, I just love that. And I, I, um, I always, another thing that always uh, perturbs me, I don't know if I use that term right, but I, uh, when like the coming out stories, people's coming out stories. And they're like, Oh, what's your coming out story? Like, I actually don't have coming out story. I was myself mm. my whole life and yeah. you know, no surprise to my family, but I, why is the expectation for the queer person or the person in the LGBTQ or the person that's non-binary? Why is the expectation for us to reveal our most deep, darkest thing that we are you know, overcoming? Why is the same expectation not on the heterosexual community? Why is Jimmy not coming home saying, you know what, mom, I like girls. Like, you know, and it's just like, 
But I, it just comes back to my point of like, I really like that story really touches me, Johnny, in the sense that like you're allowing, and I met Piper. That's my girl. I was back on the, the Hearts of Reality bus and she tapped me and I was like, hey, even though Johnny ain't say hi to me that time, but you, you know that story was coming. I knew it. <laughs> but it sounds like a dick move. It was. It was a dick move. Uh, but it, it, it's like, you know, you are. Bryce was almost as much at fault as me. Like, I, like I, I feel that I don't need to impose my will on it. You know, it's just like, like, I, I know I'm me and, and, and I know how much I am. So I'm just like, you know, I don't want to infringe on everyone's stuff. And, and I've had people pull me aside, like, like, like after that, that arts reality, they're just like, Hey, like when you're walking around town, you know, like, you know, you, 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 you look down sometimes. And I was just like, yeah, because I know like there's plenty of people that don't like Johnny Fairplay and, you know, and I don't want to be like, Hey, look at me. And I, and I don't want it to be seen as, you know, Hey, I need attention. And they're like, well, people do know who you are. And, you know, and, and, you know, there's for the, the, the one person that doesn't want to meet you, there's 10 other people right. that would love to be included in your life. And so, you know, I, I, I had to take a step back and, and realize that, but as I said, it wasn't me being a dick. It's just like, you know, I just me, like, I'm just like, you know, if someone wants, I was under the impression if someone wanted to meet me, they would say, Hey, to me. No, I, I, I received that, but I also <laughs> pause in the Piper story. Cause now we're going to dive into this story. Uh, I, for me, you know, I'm the third boot in Kageon. So for me, I literally at times look at myself, like I'm a nobody, like don't nobody know who I am. And like, you know, for me, it was like, oh my God, that Johnny Fairplay. Don't act crazy, Bryce. Don't act oh, crazy. Please. See, is the exact, I, I, I love the guy in the purple pants. <laughs> So yes, but uh, but no, I, I received that though, Johnny, because sometimes you you just don't know, and and so and you never know that like somebody's excitement. Uh, but back to Piper's uh, again, and not to make it uh, all about her, but I just I love the fact that you were just giving her room to just breathe and just to be herself, and I I just wish that more parents could have that mindset. I think that. Some parents are like, oh, no, I don't want this for Like, no, like your child going to do whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah. Like, let, let them be great. Support right. them. And well, that you want actually- them, them miserable for 18 years until, I mean, because like, I'm like, you know, Piper, I don't know what Piper's plans are, but I can tell you my pa- my plans are for Piper not to live here past 18, <laughs> whether she wants that. So she needs to be healthy and whole so she can. Like, yeah. So, so I mean, so, so regardless, she, she's going to be what she wants to be at age 18. So, you know, why, like, why does she need to live in misery until then? So, but, but I think it all started shockingly. It all started with the fact that, you know, she, she was pro pride and you know she you know she was buying the pride shirts and stuff and and you know and i and i i believe at the start of this journey i don't think there was a i like girls or and i don't i don't even think i don't i don't know anything i i think this all comes you know just based on conversations with piper this all starts piper and her friends and a lot of her generation they just hate hate they cannot like like bullies or like when I was a kid, like I wanted to be a bully. I was just like, man, one day it's I'm gonna be a bully. And it's gonna be so cool. And like like Piper's friends, like like if you're a bully, they 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 band together and they're like, you are not gonna be a bully. And you know, and and someone that doesn't like someone because of of you know how they feel, what they like, what they look like, they're not cool with that either. And right. and, and and you know and and shockingly you know the the offspring of johnny fairplay this this is the belief system that that have that i've put into my my, my children yes so. i i love it 
<laughs> All of this is making me think um, there's a Glennon Doyle quote I love. There's no such thing as one-way liberation. Mm-hmm. When you liberate yourself, you can't help but liberate and give permission to the people around you. And like that father that you you tried to help him connect his reaction to the bi character mm-hmm. to like, what's what's the bigger threat here? I think when when people that have these knee-jerk anti-LGBTQ reactions, again, behaviors, communication, what what is that? Um, what's the fear inside them? And if they can get past that, other people being liberated to be themselves around them might be liberating to them too. And I, I think that a lot with um straight males. It's I'm I've never lived their experience, but it seems like straight males are going through a hard time right now with how how to be men and masculine in this era. And I just I don't know. There's no such thing as one-way liberation. It could all of this um queer visibility could be liberating for them too. Yeah, like. and it's it's no threat to you. like I I don't, you know, it's no threat to you and I I think that yeah, the more that they can see and and again, the more they can have healthy relationships. Um I I'm one of my best friends is like Wendell Holland and like, you know, he's the complete mm. opposite of me. And the one thing that I, I love about being Wendell's friend is that like, you know, he celebrates me. Um, he shows the world we're friends. And I think that more mm. positive imagery, more representation, it matters. People, whether they realize it or not, whether like they're internal, what, what they were raised with, if they can see positive imagery of things that have never historically, especially like in the black community, a heterosexual black man being best friends with a gay black man. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't normally see that in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to just be break barriers and just to be so visible and present, it really changes lives. And I think that's like a reflection of even like, you know, with Piper and just any kid anywhere, like, you know, it like LGBTQ plus is is everywhere. It's in everybody's family, whether people choose to believe it or not. Um, And so I think, again, you, you lead with love, you lead with like, you know, and if you don't know something, say that. And if something yeah. makes you uncomfortable, say that. I think that, you know, in this era, people are scared to say that. It's okay if my lifestyle makes you uncomfortable, but just know it has nothing to do with you or me. Like, you know, you've got to work through that issue. That That's not my problem. That's your problem. Yeah. So why are you projecting that on me? Um right. And so I think that, again, if we can come to a place where there's more positive representation, there's more imagery of just like not the gay man being the fashion stylist and all of this, like Mm -hmm. there's doctors, there's realtors, there's like, you know, TV anchors, there's actors. The more positive imagery that we can see, I I think absolutely for the better. We're going to get more hate, but that's how you know you're doing something great is when the egg Twitter come for you. That's how you know you're on to something like amazing is that like, you know, people are hating uh, because like, you know, they, they don't know any better so what are you doing with reality tv for diversity and representation um so specifically like around the george floyd time uh this time last year uh when there was this the big civil rights movement in the country Mm -hmm. um a lot of the black survivor came together and said like what can we do that's within our realm like you know Mm -hmm. we're not like activists we're not you know politicians but like you know we're in reality tv and we understand that like you know survivor is like the granddaddy of like you know reality tv and a lot of people don't interact with black people but they might watch survivor Mm. and they might hey say like oh my god like I i love this guy and so we really like took a look at and talked about our own individual experiences and we came up with the commonality that like you know there isn't 
a lot of great representation mm-hmm. as like black imagery for like black men, black women, queer black men, uh, mm-hmm. queer people of color in general. And so we, you know, did a call to action to CBS. And so it was mm-hmm. rightly scary. Anyone that has mm-hmm. played Survivor, whether they want to admit it or not, they all want that call saying like, hey, we want you back. And right. so we all were nervous to speak out. Uh, we didn't know how CBS were was going to take it. However, they... um. And, and again, it, it's also in the way that we did it. It's not calling CBS out to say, hey, you're doing this wrong. It was really about calling them in to say like, hey, we are all Black survivors and these are our individual experiences. And this is how we mm-hmm. feel. And, you know, we had a call to action. This is what you could do to do better. And CBS was so open to it. Like, I mean, we had a meeting with Jeff. We had a meeting with the executive producers. Nice. And they were so like open and like wanted to hear more. And, you know, shortly after that meeting, they came out with their announcement that, you know, moving Mm. forward on all of CBS's unscripted shows, there'll be at least 50% BIPOC. And we see that in the uh, Big Brother, we see that in Survivor. And it's not just about getting more representation uh, in front of the camera. Um, In order to tell a black man or a black woman's story, you might need to be black. And so we need <laughs> representation behind the cameras. You know, yep. we need producers and right. editors. And I, there's definitely been a lot of change on the front of that. There's even, we even talked about mental health. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. how your experience was, Johnny, but like, you know, the mental health piece of Survivor. And again, I'm just mm-hmm. the third boot, but I can tell you uh, how many, I can't tell you how many times like watching my season or or even going to an, a charity event like Hearts and I get to see LJ and Jeremiah from my season who they're literally like my brothers. Uh, you know, during the day, we're great. And then at night, when I maybe have one or two or three or four or five drinks, I'm like by the pool cussing them out. And I'm like, you know what? And at this point, they're like, we're just so used to it. This is Bryce. And I, again, had to say to myself like, Maybe you haven't really healed from right. What's what went on, right? Like, what, where mm-hmm. is that coming from? That's like, you know, okay, the first time, ha, 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 funny. The second time, he, 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 funny. The third time, <laughs> bitch, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And so, you know, again, calling CBS in to say, like, you know, the mental health pieces. And again, I'm, I'm only... The third boot. I can't imagine with someone like Johnny, yeah. who is went far in the game, who's a legendary. Like what? How? Like how that must feel, and how some triggers for you. And so you know, working on getting like you know therapists that are like you know that that look like us, that can like you know represent us. And so they committed to a lot of change. And so um, it just really feels great. My mom always said like you know leave something better than you found it. And I'm just. Honored mm-hmm. to say that, like, you know, the game that I love, that I had the opportunity to play, that I am like changing the landscape for the next queer black man yeah. that plays, you know, for the next person of color that plays. Um, it's really a, a humbling and honor experience. And I'm just so happy that Survivor coming back. Okay. Now I'm just not drunk on Wednesdays for no reason. Now I could just be drunk on Wednesdays because Survivor is a whole greater purpose. Yes. We we had we had two survivors on my first season on Suicide Watch after mm. they were after they were voted out. So and uh, 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 Rupert for my season, I uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've told the story on on the the Help NSFW podcast. If I if I have, I, I apologize. If 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 not, Bryce's I don't think has heard it. So but uh, uh, I remember in uh, well, I was told after the fact in the middle of the night uh, when Rhino was voted out a survivor. Mm. Rupert came to his room in the middle of the night and put his hand over his mouth and said, uh, don't talk, come with me. 
uh, found a boat and a machete. We're going to the island, and I'm cutting off Johnny Fairplay's arms and legs. And and he, and you know, and, and he told you know Rhino to shake his head yes or no, and and, and Rhino said yes. So anyway, so he took it. He took his hand off his uh, off his mouth, and he and Rhino goes. Uh, he's like, "Cool, I'm with you. I'm about this plan. Give me one second. And he ran out of his. He's like, "Doctor Liza, Doctor Liza, Doctor, help, help, help! <laughs> Rupert's going to kill Johnny Fairplay." <laughs> Uh, it's I mean, like, you know, like, like, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've been on sports talk uh, radio shows and like, you know, when Ronda Rousey lost her first fight, she contemplated suicide because her she, she's an alpha personality. Her goal is to win that. That's her end game at throughout life and throughout every single challenge in front of her. And I think a lot of people on reality television whether it be the challenge big brother or survivor we are all alpha personalities and we want to win that challenge and you know and to go out is just like and and every person going out there to play survivor i mean you know you might you might go in with a floater strategy but your end game is to win so there's not yeah. one person there that's just like i don't want to win i just want to go out like i, I just want to meet jeff well you met jeff at casting so right. if that was your goal you could be like cool we're good see ya so no, your goal is to win Survivor. So when that when that dream is crushed, mm. and and with a with the extreme alpha personality, it's pretty tough. I mean, you know, we we had Sarah Rice on yeah, uh, from, from the her. challenge. You know, she she's quit the she's no she's no longer doing the challenge, and she's a therapist, and she works directly with reality television uh, mm. people. You know, for you know talking through their problems because you know like. I fortunately, like, you know, I embraced the bad guy thing and, and, you know, and, and I, I felt that, you know, I would have liked the million dollars. It would, you know, would have helped with my, with my spending options. But at the same time, like I, I got the fulfillment that I needed other than win, winning the million dollars. Like I got everything else I wanted. And so, and, and, and embracing the hate and, you know, cause I, I chose this life. So, so I was cool with that, but you know, like it could have, you know, if none, if, if the Johnny Fairplay character wasn't created, if the dead grandma lie hadn't have happened or any of that, I, I would probably be walking around today, you know, probably miserable. Yeah. And I think what people don't account for it is that like, you know, survivors filmed months in advance. And although you mend the relationships with the people like during that time, it's a whole nother thing when it airs, like, you know, that wound is Bust wide open, yep. and you know, not to mention the 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 egg avatars on Twitter egging things on. There are there's a lot of like things that could happen, and I, I think that Survivor um, in the past has done a good job with like you know vetting and you know having support while we are filming. But I, I think you know afterwards, and even and I'm not even talking like months. I'm even talking like a year after. Like you just you never know what that experience can be. And people forget that like you know it might be a reality show, but we're really out there. You know, I might have only been out there eight, nine days, but I mean it it felt like an eternity. And uh it's it's your real life. I know people that have come back and like you know they're in the office like copying something and they hear somebody talking and they like what you saying about me like you know it 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 it's it's real um so yeah and like you know you said Johnny and like I think it's similar to myself I'm the type of a person that I, I can embrace and go with it I like you know I for 
when I my season was originally on there, like this guy with the purple pants, and and now I have a purple pants empire. Mm-hmm. But like you know, there aren't people. Some people that believe that they are strong, like they can't handle it. They don't know how to like you know go with the flow. They've only ever received positive praise in their life, and then to go on a nationally syndicated mm-hmm. show and to get negative like you know feedback, people just don't know how to handle it. And you think you're equipped, um, you think you're mentally strong until like you know you're getting that hate. And there could be literally a thousand positive comments saying like, oh, you're the best, you're the best. And it only takes that one comment to like really fuck up your day, fuck up your month. And so uh, I I definitely think that, you know, for reality TV, um, it's definitely great whether or not they provide it for you to just seek your own peace and for you to like get closure. Even if you think you got closure, you know, get closure for the closure that you think you got closure for. Yeah. But it, but it's not one or two negative comments. I mean, ju- just the fact that, you know, S- Survivor is the juggernaut that it is, the, the volume of negative yeah. comments. Or, I mean, because uh, I, I did my cast assessment of the Yellow Tribe for season 41 last week. And, um, you know, and, and we went in, uh, you know, I had War Dog and Victoria and Matt Bischoff with me. And, you know, we, we base our, our cast assessment on, Three paragraphs in a picture. That's it. And and the podcast is done for entertainment purposes. And you know, and we're we're looking for negatives. And 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 it, it, it's it's we're we're joking. And I feel bad because you know we finished the podcast and and we we ended. You know, both, you know myself, War Dog, Matt, and Victoria. All of us is just like, look, you know, uh, we said all these things jokingly. We understand there's going to be some negative stuff coming your way, and and we're here for you. You know, like uh, you are a part of our family now, you know, but, but, you know, it's that, so I'm sure they just heard the negative, they're like, fuck these guys. And, you know, and didn't, right. they didn't listen to the end. And, and, and I feel bad for that. So, but uh, it, you know, I, I have since talked to a, a few of the, uh, of the players, no spoilers because it ruins my podcast. And I hate, spoilers. like, like, I, like if there's a new Marvel movie, I go the day it comes out because I'm just like, you ain't fucking ruin this for the for- people so so i i know nothing i don't want to know anything but you know i've, I've you know i start to like if they reach out or i reach out i'm just like look i don't want to know anything i don't know anything i don't want to know anything but welcome to the family right and uh and they're like they're just like the negative stuff uh came quick huh <laughs> i'm just like yeah i'm just like friendly advice don't read the comments. Right. Don't, I mean, like, I, I'm like, I know you want to. I mean, like, it, it, it's hard not to. Yeah. Poking so, a bruise. So, but I'm like, you know, and, and I don't, I'm all for everyone having their own opinion. You, you have the right to, I mean, like, that's why we live where we live. You do have the right to have your own opinion. However, you know, if you have something horrific to say about me or my family or especially my children, don't at me. Yeah. Like, like, just say, like, I, I promise you, if you just put, you know, fuck Johnny Fairplay with, without an at, I am not going to find it. I will, I, I will not seek it out. I don't need to know. <laughs> so, but I like, but, but just the, 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 the gall and crassness and just, just, I just disgustingness of adding someone and saying just horrific things. Why, why is, why is that need there? Yeah. Talking to Sarah Rice was so helpful for me because I thought before our convo with her, like people's reactions to being on reality TV, well, it must be because that's the kind of people that they are. That's, that's just who they got casted. I would keep my head level if I were in that environment. (laughs) And 
the way Sarah explained it, I was just like, holy fuck, I'm an idiot. No, I would be just, <laughs> why, why would I think I would be an exception? I would be just as messed up by that experience. Um, right. It's a pressure cooker. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to remember, uh, they're making a TV show. Like, you know, they, they, they yeah. want to pin you against each other. They want, you know, riveting TV. So it, uh, it, it, it's hard because uh, people are like, oh, they can only use what you give them. But yeah, but they, they also can edit Shaum to make it look uh, a certain type of way. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, and I don't yeah. love her. I mean, like, you know, like going into season 41, that Voce, uh, we, you know, we, we nicknamed him Dr. Death. You know, I want Dr. Death to be the biggest bad guy. I mean, other than myself, you know, like one of the biggest bad guys in the history of Survivor. And, you know, I love the bad guys, but, you know, I I'll, I, I can imagine myself watching and rooting against him. I want to root against people. I don't want to yeah. root against, I don't, I don't want to root against someone because they're gay or because they're black or because they're white. You know, I want to root against them because they're a despicable human being. <laughs> so, or I want to root against you because you're fucking too fucking good. And just like, fuck this dude. Fuck this chick. <laughs> right. Uh, but that that I think that you know I I I don't need kumbaya survivor you know I want fucking you know, I want rivalries I want you know I want tension so but you know I I want it just based on the on, on the the human qualities that that these people display right and and keeping in mind that it's it's based off of this show like there's nothing more else to it like i'm not talking about you personally yeah. i'm just talking mm -hmm. about what i see and so i i think as newbies it can be hard to receive that but i, I think that after they like they cross the threshold they can maybe understand a little bit more of it's almost like a a friendly hazing process in the survivor yep. community like oh, you know like we're gonna like we're gonna like jokingly tease you but it's in a loving way it's like yeah. a sibling like you know if like they were you know, here for you right right exactly like we can joke with you but if the outside world come for you we're going to band together and yeah. i think that it's important uh to remember that and I, I agree with you everyone is entitled to their opinion say what you want but i also think there is a way in how you say it and uh like you know be respectful um because you know i i've gotten opinions i've got things and i always like again i i come from a place of if I've got a critique of someone or if I've got something negative to say, I always like pretend like they're my brother or my cousin. And so like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna make sure I say it, you know, in a not a hurtful way, but you won't get my point though. You, you know, it, it still might sting a little. Sounds like you've got a lot of savvy. I saw that in an article about you too. Your, your street smarts and social awareness. Um, it seems like, yeah, you, you get what to, how to work with people organizations what to adjust what levers to pull yeah i um i'm a gay black man from philly it's uh it's not anything that uh it's my life experience it's literally mm -hmm. like me having to grow up and survive in a mainstream city uh that's not necessarily for me so i very quickly and again i think that's why i'm so successful in uh social work is that like i mm -hmm am non-threatening. I can, you know, be able to kind of like go places that other people can't go. I'm able to see things that other people aren't able to see. So my perspective is a little different. Um, and so yeah. I still get my point across. I still am very much spicy brisey, but I, I know when to uh, lay the stinger and I know when to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so so we do a thing each week. Uh, well, actually, we do two things. Uh, mm -hmm. Kendall's about trying one thing. Uh, That's right. Keep but, it simple. Yeah, but uh, we have a call to action, and mm -hmm. we have we have a, a charity. Mm -hmm. Bryce, do you have a call to action for for, uh, for for all the ladies and gentlemen out there? 
I do have a call to action. Uh, my call to action would be sometime this week, this month, whatever your schedule allows, mm-hmm. is to take care of yourself. Do something for yourself specifically. Uh, self-care. I'm huge on self-care. I think that as a society, we don't promote it enough. Like you said, Johnny, we're working four or five jobs. We got to pay bills and we don't take enough time for ourselves. So my thing is to do something at least this week, this month for yourself that like doesn't involve anyone else, something that you enjoy. For me, Mm -hmm. I'm a bath person. If, um, and this is like maybe a weird thing of mine. If like, and this is how you know I like you. If I you invite me to your home and you got a nice bathtub, I'ma take a bath. Like <laughs> I love it. That would make me feel so hospitable. Like, oh my gosh, Bryce must be so comfortable here. Yeah. He's in my tub. He yes. really also trust that I'm clean. Yeah. I, I love baths. They are like I I uh hot water, some bubbles, some Epsom salt, a bath bomb and a candle and some music. And that is just like my happy place. It just like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about anyone else. I'm just thinking about myself. And so, you know, actually I'm gonna take my call to action tonight. I'm gonna take a nice bath, but my call to action is to do something for yourself, whether it's running, whether it's getting your nails done, whether it's, you know, shopping on Amazon, whatever it is, do something that's specifically for yourself because we do so much for other people that we don't even realize that we just don't even take the time to care for ourselves. And I think that self-care is so important and it's an understatement. We don't talk about it enough. So my call to action is some self-care, whatever it is, journaling, running, taking a bath, having a glass of wine, whatever your thing is, do it. And you know what? Please tag us, hashtag help NSFW or tag Johnny or I on Instagram. He's on Twitter. I'm not, ugh. Um, But I would love to see the different things that people do. Yeah, and tag Bryce. Yes, I want to see Bryce, if you want to tag us from your bath, just your yes, okay. or your products, um, I I would just love to know. But you know, that's that's you time, so I understand. <laughs> yes, I got you covered. All right, and uh, Bryce, I know you got a charity. Yes. So my charity is the Mahogany Project. The Mahogany Project aims to reduce social isolation, stigma, and acts of injustice against the TQL BGTQ plus community of color. Um, it's been one of like my passion projects for a really long time. Um, and I just love what they do. They're based out in Houston, but they really aim uh, for like Black queer people and especially our trans community, the black trans community of color. And we know that, you know, I said I am a a minority and a minority for our black trans uh, community. They are for some reason in our society, they're just not seen. The, The homicide rate on our black trans sisters is like crazy. And it doesn't seem to be talked about. People don't bring up enough about it. I always talk about allyship and I always, you know, want to be a great ally and I try to be an ally to our trans community. So the Mahogany Project does great work and I just love to highlight them any chance that I get. Mahogany, Mahogany Project, got mm-hmm. that down. Okay, and we will we will have a, a link in the, uh, show in, in the show notes. Yeah, uh, tag us too when you support Mahogany Project so we yes. can be like, woohoo, good job. Well, speaking speaking of um, everything Mahogany Project is about, can we have a t-shirt corner just so that I can promote my friend? Because my friend is a Black queer artist, and she has an amazing clothing line, Hello Boogie. My shirt says the first pride was a riot. So um, Let them know. Anyone else want to highlight their t-shirt, too, so I don't feel like an asshole for doing that? 
Uh, I, I, well, I mean, I'm not wearing one of my one of my shirts. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, go yeah. to johnnyfairplay.com and get it. Get a shirt. I got I got uh, the season 41 cast uh, of an, an homage to each of them. Uh, dro- Sweet. Dropping, you know, daily. And uh, my favorite shirt. Well, actually, it's not even a shirt. It's a sweatshirt. It's a purple purple pants podcast. Oh. Yeah, I don't, yeah. But I, I but I don't I don't. I don't have it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, can I show y'all one of my favorite t-shirts to wear? But yes. can I like be back in like two seconds? I just gotta go get yes. it. This I'll is, like, show everyone one. the back right. of my shirt while you're. Yes, back. give me two go. seconds. There you go. The the so yeah. If you're looking for Hello Boogie, uh, search it out. You can get yourself some Hello Boogie gear. Support so. black. Support black queer artists. Yeah. And it's also hashtag shop local because she lives in Danville. Sweet. And Bryce is going to come back. It, he, I hope he's coming back with the invitation to his uh, Zaddy calendar for me. Oh, fuck, I forgot to ask about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It could be. <sighs> All right, I'm back. Now, this okay. T-shirt is my favorite T-shirt. I can't tell you. So I've worn it about four times. Every time that I have wore it, I cannot tell you. Like, imagine people don't know I'm from Survivor because, uh, you know, they don't know who I am. But the times I get stopped and they're like, is that real? Did that really happen? Like, I love. Oh, wow. Ah! <laughs> the free Johnny Fairplay t-shirt. That is yes. recent. That is very fresh. Yeah, that, that is that is my number one selling t-shirt of all time. I, like, I, I think I sold to both people that love me and hate me. <laughs> That's right. I, your angles. <laughs> I get stopped and it's like the weirdest places, like the <laughs> farmer's market. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what? And it's oh. like all walks of life, like older people, younger people. Like, it's like they, I literally, Wendell was like, why are you wearing this shirt? I'm like, I, I, this shirt is bomb. And people please, always are like. Please, please send me a picture of yes. that shirt. <laughs> I need that more than life itself. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate your time and your energy, your spirit, your authenticity. And um, I love your recommendations. So everyone take care of yourself. Tag us when you do and support the Mahogany Project. And um, I think the last thing I need to know is what a zaddy is and when you're going to put Johnny on your zaddy. Oh. 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 So, I mean, uh, a zaddy historically is, uh, I mean, I guess the new word for like uh, a hot person. Um, But I like to put a twist on it. For me, a zaddy is somebody that embodies allyship. Somebody that is, you know, for me, if you are ally, you a zaddy, you hot. You know, that you are, you, you represent who you are and that you're your sex appeal exudes allyship. And so that really, for me, is what uh, a zaddy means. Now, when Johnny Fairplay would be a zaddy calendar, I- I'm thinking, you know, 2036 is probably like, oh, you know. There, there we go. It's just right around the corner. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, we love goal setting. So thank you for defining that. I assumed it was just a daddy. So, I mean, and that's like a lot of people, like I, when it originally started, I would assume like it's like a silver fox, uh, an older, you know, mature person, you know, so instead of daddy, it's zaddy. But, you know, I put my own little Bryce mm. Isaiah twist on it. So, you know, there are, you know, a lot of zaddies out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but for me, it, it exudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Bryce, before we let you go, uh, where can everyone find you on social media and your podcast? 
Yes. So I am Bryce Isaiah. That's I-Z-Y-A-H. I'm on the Instagrams. I'm on the Twitters. I mean, I'm on the tick, but I don't really make it talk like that. Um, so yes. And then the Purple Pants podcast every Tuesday, I'm dropping a new episode. We're talking about pop culture. We're talking about reality TV. We're talking about social justice. We're talking about self-care. So it's a Purple Pants podcast. You can find that anywhere you get your podcast from. Is that Apple podcast, Spotify podcast. And if you're from Philly, my uncle Pookie, you know, he got like a 1973 Cadillac. You can catch him. You can get the subscription out of his trunk. But um, yeah, I am around. Yeah, Bryce Isaiah. And thank you so much for having me. This is such a great, uh, good stuff. And I'm so excited to be, you know, out here with you, Johnny. I was waiting for that phone call. I said, oh, is he ever going to ask me? I don't oh, know. Stop, I don't know. Hey, you're, hey this, this is what, episode six? You're oh. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're head of the pack. Okay. All right. I feel good. Yeah. You're the elite. Okay. All right. So with that. All right. Thank until you. Until next Thank time, you so much. we'll see you guys in two weeks. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you.